Welcome to the Bourbon Library After Hours. Each week on After Hours, Ryan and I sit down to explore further into the wide world of whiskey by tasting and reviewing whiskeys without the limits of our featured bottle being bourbon. I hope you join us in this journey to challenge and expand our whiskey knowledge. Our show starts now. Okay, well, that was nice. It's a lovely, lovely sound. Hi guys, it's Ryan. And today I'm solo, which is sort of a kind of a terrifying feeling. Usually I have Alec here or at least somebody to bounce things off of. And to be honest with you, I sort of feel like I'm skydiving with no sense of where the sky ends and the ground begins. But uh, you know what? That's okay. That's sort of part of the experiment here. Before we talk about what I'm sipping on today, I kind of want to set the scene. I'm in northern Wisconsin, uh, what I would consider northern Wisconsin, uh, in a small town called Princeton, uh, just for the weekend. I am in a A-frame cabin, uh, which I don't entirely know why they why this structure, uh, but it's something special about it. It feels to me like you lose space somewhere, but then you gain space in other places, uh, perhaps emotional space. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'm, it's sort of gray out. Uh, the The weather's starting to warm up. There is that little tinge of spring. Uh, I mean, it's practically May after all. I'm surrounded by pine trees. Supposedly there's a bear, and I'm enjoying a weekend of quiet. Something I kind of needed. And I'm sipping, I'm sipping on a rye, as you can imagine, when given my, left to my own devices, I choose a rye, and I'm feeling like I'm sort of out of time, living somewhere between now and 100 years ago. It's very peaceful. The rain is gentle, the birds are happy, and the squirrels are stealing all their food. I'm drinking Basil Hayden today, dark rye, which is actually one of my favorites. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about Basil Hayden, but I love it. Um, it's in the Jim Beam family. Uh, and I also love, I think as some of you might know, Old Granddad bonded particularly and also 114. The Dark Rye is really cool because it's got a finish, or I guess I, not even a finish, you know, it's a blend. So you got your Kentucky Straight Rye whiskey, uh, and then it's blended with a Canadian Rye whiskey and port, which I think is a really, really interesting choice. You know, we think of bourbon as being so regional, even though that's not the case. We think of it as being something from Kentucky. Of course, there's Tennessee whiskey, and there's Empire Rye here in New York, or in New York. I'm not currently in New York. But Basil Hayden chose to do something that blended regions that I think one could argue is experimenting with a blend of terroir. And port has to be from an area in northern Portugal. And it's a fortified wine, essentially, uh, which I really love and have actually a fond memory, which I'll talk about in a little bit uh, with a fortified wine. But I think it was really interesting to do this blend where they said, hey, let's take a Kentucky whiskey or a Kentucky, a Kentucky rye and we'll take a Canadian rye, all whiskeys, of course, and we'll mix it with this port from northern Portugal. And they've got this really just really, really special bottle that for me is that perfect kind of blend between 
a night of whiskey and a night of wine. It feels like it's something you can, and pardon me for the phrase, wine down with. And I do so more often than I'd like to admit. But I think this is a really, 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 really special bottle, and I love it. And actually, my dad, who is sort of a purist, uh, and we'll go into that also, uh, does not have any issue with it. Not only does he not take issue with this bottle, he's the one who introduced me to it. It's something that he found really special. And this is the man who doesn't like rye at all, and he loves this bottle. So uh, it does sort of have a wine to it. In fact, I brought it recently. I was in San Francisco and I was going to visit some cousins of mine. They're older and they like wine. They're wine drinkers and they're in Northern California. So they're used to good wine and I wanted to bring over a whiskey. I thought of something my dad suggested and uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what they liked or what they were into. So I decided to go with um, Basil Hidden Dark Rye as just sort of like an introduction. Like, hey, uh, it's a rye. So it's already kind of unique and interesting. And it's got a blend with a port and your wine people. And you know what? Ended up being a hit. And I think my cousin actually drank me under the table. He was, uh, I don't know. I just realized maybe it wasn't his first time pouring whiskey. So uh, it was great. But I'm going to go ahead and sip it. This is something I was thinking about. This is sort of a kind of like a blind taste test in a way. Because what we're doing here, I don't have any other person to look for tasting notes with or feedback from like, oh, what are you getting? Oh, I'm getting that too. Oh, yeah. Because oftentimes if someone says, oh, caramel or chocolate or cherry, I, I, I suddenly get that flavor, right? If, if, you know, if someone else is getting it, it's likely I'll get it. Not always the case, of course. Um, you know, stone fruits is one of those. Tobacco is one of those. It took me a little bit longer to sort of figure out uh, what they were uh, looking for, what they found when they found those flavor notes. Um, but so I'm trying this solo without any other feedback. I've had this bottle a million times, but now I'm going to really be a little more thoughtful about it. So let's go for a sip and see where we land. God, that is so good. I really, truly love this bottle. I think it's excellent. I really do feel like the port notes come out um, very much right out of the gate, right out of the gate. Even on the nose, definitely on the nose. Uh, it's very sort of dark cherry fruit flavored, fruit not flavored, fruit forward. Um, I do really feel like it's kind of a healthy blend between a rye whiskey and a wine. And uh, it has a little more because it's not just a finish. You know, it is a blend. Uh, and I think that's a really special choice. And I know there are a lot of people out there who... Uh, my dad, uh, being one of them, consider themselves sort of purists. Like, don't, you know, don't go after... And I know Alec recently talked about this on an episode, but uh, as, as our guide towards... Um, I think he was about Angel's Envy. But, uh, you know, it's... I think it's kind of exciting. Like, I don't want big corporations making whiskey flavored like banana and calling it, you know, Jungle Jim or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, because, you know, what, what are those flavorings? Are they just chemicals? I don't want that. But if we're... If, we're, if someone stumbles upon kind of a really interesting blend of something, of, of great things, of a great port, of a great rye, like, I think that's really, really exciting. Um, and I think that's kind of helps move uh, things forward. I mean, that, it works like that in food all the time. No one gets upset. Well, people get upset because that's what humans do. But people, you know, in food, I think food is this great sort of 
I'm going to say this, and and perhaps I'll regret it, but I think food is sort of there's a there's a democratic process to food, in which. Uh, things come together sometimes by surprise, sometimes through innovation, uh, and people are willing to challenge what they thought uh, was a pure idea regarding food. And um, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but when it does, we get sort of small miracles uh, on a plate. And I, for one, am that kind of eater. I want to be challenged. I want to be excited. I feel the same way about uh, whiskey. But... All right, second sip, folks. Wow, we're doing it here. It's just me, and I'm just talking to you. And uh, I hope that's okay. I hope you're taking a second. Maybe perhaps you're driving, or you're on a subway train, or uh, you're walking, or you're just sitting at home having a sip right next to me. That'd be great, too. Uh, And I'm just here talking to you, and I hope you're talking back, screaming at the speakers, filling in the gaps where I perhaps (laughs) don't know all the answers. Okay, here we go, folks. Mm. <sighs> On second sip, I really do think that that cherry comes through all the way, all the way through the finish. I don't think that the finish is very long. It's sort of what I call, you know, sort of a softer, a softer rye. The one thing I'll say that I think is missing a little bit in this rye is that you're not getting as many. I'm just sort of putting my nose in a little bit even in the nose you're not really getting those grassy earthy notes that i like a little bit on the finish but not as much throughout and that's something that i think would be interesting i suppose it really feels to me like we have a bourbon here that's that's been blended with with rye but god it's so soft you know when i say soft too the reality is i probably also mean lower proof this puppy comes in at 40% alcohol, which is 80 proof. Uh, so it's been watered down a bit, I suppose. Um, that may help, but I do wonder if that takes away a wee, <laughs> takes away some of those uh, earthy notes that you might be looking for, or at least that I'm looking for when I drink a rye. I mean, that's been the biggest thing that we've discovered uh, between drinking Kentucky ryes, uh, and in this case, a little bit of a blend of a... Uh, Canadian rye as well, and uh, the sort of New York rye, which is the New York rye are by, especially Empire rye, by their standards that they've been set, uh, much higher uh, rye in the mash bill. I feel like Kentucky whiskey companies get away with, you know, maybe going 51% rye or 52% rye. Of course, they go higher than that. Uh, and they're not that much different than sort of the high rye bourbons. Uh, and I think this is no different here in Basil Hayden, and I kind of get it. Basil Hayden doesn't want to come out of the gate with something wildly different uh, than sort of their other namesake bourbons. But but I, I, I don't know. I guess I would, if I were them, I would maybe go a little bit higher on the rye. I, I mean, I would. They don't need to change this. This is a great bottle. Let me let me clarify. I enjoy this bottle quite a bit, actually. But it would be fun to see something that's like a dark rye that's higher proof. Just to get a little more sizzle on that, and perhaps a little, I'd go push the rye mash even further, maybe? Just something. I want those earthy notes to kind of come through. I think that'd be really, really exciting. Um, The other thing I love about Basil Hayden, I'm just going to say this. I think the bottles are really cool. I love the, like, sort of metal thing that wraps around it. I think it's really, really nice. Um, So, yeah, that's sort of my experience drinking dark rye. As far as, like, what comes to mind... I don't know. I, I do think this is something I would introduce to wine drinkers, or it reminds me a lot of when I 
uh, as an adult. I've been going to um, Lake Michigan my whole life, and that's going to come uh, come back. It's been a few years since we've been able to do that because of the pandemic and stuff. But uh, in the 40s, my grandparents built a cabin uh, on Lake Michigan, and uh, sort of two cabins later, same property, uh, our family gathers there every year for a family reunion. And when I first started going up as an adult, it's sort of Michigan wine country, I suppose. It's near Traverse City uh, in a small town called Sutton's Bay. And uh, it's a, a very special place to me. So anytime, any beer I've had there or any wine, or I don't know, lots of, it, the flavor memories are, are huge there. That's what I'll say. And um, I remember there was a small little wine shop uh in one of the tiny towns between Sutton's Bay and Traverse City, or a little further north, actually, uh, and I was I was trying some wine. I can't remember the the brand particularly, but uh, it was like a hello brandy in it, right? It's a dessert wine, and so it's probably a cherry wine with a little brandy in it because cherries are a big thing there. And something about that was really special to me. And it was sort of the opposite. I'm realizing here it's it was a cherry wine with a little bit of a spirit. In this case, we have a spirit with a little bit of wine, but there was something about that like little brandy bite uh, in the wine and the cherry that was sort of sweets, desserts, after you don't want to drink too much of it, it's after dinner, it's by the fire, it's, you know, a slow walk along the beach. Uh, in this case, I feel it's sort of the same about the, the dark rye. Um, it's It's got that, I don't know, it just reminds you uh, that things can stay the same. That's what I'll say. I think uh, for as many things in life that change, some things can stay the same, and they can be special, and they can be just just a moment. And I think that's something I get. That's a flavor memory that I get that's tied to that little bit of sizzle and that little bit of the cherry. And uh, I would say that's kind of where my, my head goes when I when I drink this. I'm, I'm walking. My feet are sandy, <laughs> and I've got, a, I've got a sweatshirt on, and I'm walking along the beach or... Uh, making my way towards our little fire that we do every night. And at 10 o'clock at night, someone plays taps, and we hear the gentle lake coming in. And it's just a really... I'm looking around at, at other family members of mine, some extended, you know, my dad's cousins and uh, my dad's aunt and uncle, and everybody's smiling, and it's really just a warm, loving feeling. And I think it's nice that something like this can transport you to places like that. Uh, and things can stay... They change, you know, things change. The family reunion has changed over the years, and like I said, it hasn't happened as often. Uh, we used to do it annually, and now it's been a few years. And I'm, I guess that's sort of an area that I'm, I'm um, wrestling with. The human, how, as I get older, like things inevitably change. The things that were part of your childhood that feel like staples just totally, um, they, they change, they morph. Uh, and you have to look for the new things that you can ground yourself in. And, yeah, wow, okay. Thank you, Basil Hayden Darkrai, for that one. Uh, I'm Ryan Bayless, <laughs> and this has been a very interesting solo episode of After Hours. I hope to do more of these, and I know Alec would like to do the same. Uh, if you are still listening, and you're not in a car or a train, and you're at home, I encourage you to lift your glass. Uh, if you are in a car or on a train and you want to whisper to yourself the following words, I encourage you to do so. To drink is to live. All right, friends. Be well.
That was After Hours. Thanks for listening. Did you like what you heard? Join us at the Bourbon Library for more. And remember to rate, review, and share our show with friends. It's more fun drinking together. All right, until next time. Cheers. That was After Hours. Thanks for listening. Did you like what you heard? Join us at the Bourbon Library for more. And remember to rate, review, and share our show with friends. It's more fun drinking together. All right, until next time. Cheers.